morning and welcome to Noah's Window. I hope you're having a great Thursday already. If you've been with us the first three days of this week, you know we're having a little fun on Noah's Window uh, with the idea of finding ourselves in the Bible. In other words, to look for a character in the Bible whose spiritual profile uh, most closely resembles our own. You know, many of us uh, in the corporate world have been through these personality profile exams and and those are interesting and uh, pretty accurate most of the time if, if, it's a, if it's a good test. But I'm not really thinking about that today. I'm thinking more about our spiritual profile. How has God built us uh, and what are our strengths and, and our challenges? And it is important to me. I mean, I guess perhaps because uh, I've been a pastor for so many years and have uh, watched the lives of countless people and, and I've watched how God has worked in their lives and I've seen their strengths. And, and this comes into play as even pastor of a great church like New Spring because oftentimes with certain roles, we need a certain spiritual profile to, to fill that role. I already talked to you about this earlier, you know, about the difference between Paul and Peter. We saw Peter as being that bright colors personality that we looked at on day one, high energy, when he's up, nobody's higher, when he's low, you know, he's in trouble, uh, but very gifted. And then we saw in Paul, the disciplined thinker. And as I shared with you, um, you, you wouldn't want Paul preaching on Pentecost and you wouldn't want Peter writing the New Testament. You can sort of see how God built a, a certain spiritual profile uh, to do what he wanted them to do. So I think it's important for us to look in the scriptures and find characters, men and women, uh, whose spiritual profiles are similar to our own. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, the Bible says these stories are given to us for examples. And, and you know, I, I, I've shared with you already, uh, I found myself on day one in that bright colors personality. So I studied the life of Elijah, I studied the life of Peter and, and others in the Bible that I think had similar personalities. And I wanna know what their strengths were, what their, what their, you know, what their gifts were, were best used, and also wanna know what their weaknesses and challenges were. So just uh, uh, go back and look at the last three days in case you weren't with us. We saw that day one was this bright colors personality. Day two was the disciplined thinker yesterday. I share with you one of my uh, most admired traits, spiritual traits, is the reluctant but victorious warrior. If you haven't had a chance to watch that, you might want to go back and pick that up yesterday because that's a really special personality. I think I shared with you, uh, that's what I see when I look at Mary Alice. Today, uh, on this Thursday, I want to share with you the fourth profile that I've, I've watched a lot in the family of God, and that is the faithful optimist. Notice I didn't just say optimist. You know, optimism is a good trait, but I'm talking about the faithful optimist. In other words, they're optimistic. They're, they're, they feel good about the future because of their deep-seated uh, faith in the goodness, the power, and the promises of God. Now, with all of these personality profiles, we should all have some of these traits. But I'm guessing if you've been a Christ follower for a while, if you've been in a great church, or if you come from a committed Christian family with a lot of Christians in your family, like, like I'm blessed to have in Mary Alice, I'm betting that somebody comes to mind. And here's what you typically see with this faithful optimist personality. They tend to have a heavy load. Life has put on them a heavy load, but they're so, if they're so wonderfully optimistic about the future, even though they carry a heavy load, they have a way of encouraging others who are carrying a lighter load. So if I'm looking in the Bible to find this faithful optimist personality, there, there are several people that come to mind, but my personal favorite comes from the Old Testament at the beginning in the book of Genesis, and it's a character by the name of Joseph. 
And I really do believe that God wants us to spend a lot of time learning about Joseph because uh, a whole lot of ink in the book of Genesis is devoted to Joseph. His story begins in chapter 37 and it ends in chapter 50. And other than chapter 38, all that is about the life and times of Joseph. Uh, I've actually done a couple of series on the life of Joseph that are real favorites of mine. I did a series, I think in 19... Uh, 97 called Living a Functional Life in a Dysfunctional World. I really enjoyed that. I think I spent all summer long talking about Joseph. And then I want to say in 2010, I did a series called Thrive. So I love this character and I love studying him because of this faithful optimism in his life. Now, let's just talk briefly about Joseph's story. Now, I would encourage you to, to read it because God gets very detailed in, in telling his story. But if you look at him in his life, he had a series of unfortunate things. I mean, he was favored by his father, but hated by his brothers. So hated that ultimately they wanted to kill him, but they wound up selling him as a slave. He's taken to Egypt. He doesn't know the language, doesn't know the culture. He goes in as a slave, and yet he rises through the ranks. And having been sold to what we would call the... Um, I guess you'd call it the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff or the head of all the military, a guy named Potiphar. God's favor was on Joseph. And so even though he's a slave, he, he graduates from job to job until finally he runs the house. And, and he might have thought, okay, this is my destiny. I've got a really good job in Egypt. But then things went south and uh, Potiphar's wife lied about Joseph and claimed that he tried to sexually assault her. Uh, when in reality, she was trying to seduce him and Joseph gets thrown in prison. Well, you know, that would stop most people. <laughs> I think, I, I'm really not sure I could have survived that. But he keeps his faith in God and, and uh, he just like starts over. Um, you know, he had to start over in life when he worked for Potiphar. He clearly wasn't working for his dad anymore. He had to learn the parameters of that job. And then when he gets thrown in prison, he sees the jail. Now this is my opportunity. This is my new circumstance. And he's so successful in the jail that the Bible says ultimately he was running everything that happened in the jail. So while he's there in the jail, um, Pharaoh, who's the most powerful man in the world, gets mad at a couple of his administrators. One is over his food services, the other is over his wine cabinet, his, his wine cellar, and uh, he puts them both in prison. I think he thinks one of them tried to poison him, he doesn't know which one. And while they're in prison, they have dreams and they tell Joseph their dreams and Joseph interprets them and he says to the guy who's over you know, all of Pharaoh's wines, you're gonna get your job back, and then to the guy over food service, he said, you're going to get killed in three days. And it happened just like that. And the guy over the wine told Joseph, wow, when I get back to Pharaoh, I'm going to tell him about you. But of course, he's not going to tell. He's lying. You know, he, he just now got his job back and his buddy got hung. So the last thing he's going to do is cause any kind of ripples working for Pharaoh. So he doesn't tell them that there's a guy down in the prison who says he's innocent. After all, they all say they're innocent down there. So he forgets about Joseph for two more years. You know, I've studied his life so much, doing so much teaching on Joseph. And, and I know it was hard being hated by his brothers and sold as a slave in Egypt and lied about and put into prison on a trumped up charge. But I've often thought one of the toughest things that Joseph had to deal with was uh, two years after this, you know, wine steward, told Joseph that he was going to remember him. Being forgotten is a really hard thing. But the rest of the story, you know, you read about it. It's great. Pharaoh has a dream and 
And uh, Butler says, oh, there's a guy down in prison who can interpret dreams. And Joseph comes out and interprets the Pharaoh's dreams. And he becomes at 30, the most powerful man in the world, assistant to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh actually turned the country over to him. So I would argue he's the most powerful man in the world. But as you watch Joseph go through these situations, what's really astounding and beautiful to me is he never loses his faith in God and he never loses his, his hope for the future. And that's why I think about Joseph in this faithful optimist category. They have a heavy load, but they're so upbeat about the future that they tend to encourage the rest of us. One thing I noticed about this personality type, there aren't a lot. There are not a lot of Josephs in our world. Uh, more of, most of us go to pieces uh, or at least a lot of us go to pieces when these kinds of things happen. How do they do it? And if you're a faithful optimist, I'm sure just these thoughts that I'm going to give, you're going to have so much more that you could say. And that's one of the reasons why I'm really thankful for all of you who are responding to us. And you're finding yourself in the Bible and telling about why this character means a lot to you and what you find in common. So uh, for those of you who are the faithful optimist, I'm, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm going to be talking about your life and you could talk about it a lot better than I can. I would love to be in this category. I struggle because of my anxiety to be here. But here's what I watched about you. You tend to deal with the complexities of life by simplifying. It's not that you're simple. It's just that when life gets more complicated, you have a way of simplifying things and knowing what's essential. And again, I've watched so many God followers whose lives have inspired me. And here's what I've watched, in, especially in the fact that I've gotten to know them and I've ministered uh, to them during these crises. What I've watched about those of you who are faithful optimists is that you have some core values. You may not have a lot of them. I mean, a lot of us have like a whole dictionary of core values, which means that they're not very deep. But those of you who are faithful optimists, you have some core values that are who you are and they're at the very center of your existence. You know, I heard this from one of the top business people in our world. You can't outsource core, core values. And I think one of the problems with a lot of Christians is they believe things, but they're kind of believing on somebody else's faith, which is not the worst thing in the world. But what I love about you guys who, who are the uh, faithful optimists is they're your values and, and they're deep seated. And you believe certain things from the word of God. And if all hell comes against you, you're going to stand on those truths that you believe. I want something else about you, and you see it clearly in the life of Joseph, and that is that you're not afraid to start over. For many of us who deal with anxiety, we, we kind of look at the way our life is set up. And when something comes along that redefines life, oftentimes, you know, others, weaker, those weaker of us can kind of fall apart because it's like, well, I don't know if I can rebuild my life if I have to start over again. But you faithful optimist, you understand that you can start over with the power of God. You have a way of adjusting in new situations. So what are the challenges in all these personality profiles, these spiritual personality profiles, they have challenges. What are the challenges um, if you are one of these very, very special people, one of the one of the few, the faithful optimists? Well, I think the life of Joseph or John the Baptist or other other lives like this would remind us, don't give up before the last turn. You know, After all this success, you sort of wonder what would have happened if Joseph had just thrown in the towel when he was waiting in prison. Like, I was hated by my brothers and I was sold as a slave and I was still faithful. And a woman tried to seduce me and I, I didn't give in to her and I was faithful, but I got thrown into jail and I worked hard in jail. But what if he gives up before that last turn? 
So it's, um, you know, stay with, stay with your faithful optimism. The Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews chapter 10, not to throw it away because it's got great reward. And then I, I think uh, going back to what I said earlier, that there are not a lot, a lot of you, uh, I think the challenge is being lonely. Uh, I, I look at Joseph. I mean, there weren't just a whole lot of people around him who had this trait. And you live your life believing in something that's going to happen in the future based on the promises of God. When you're going through the difficulty and the grief of all the downsides of it, it can be lonely because it can be hard to find somebody else. You know, I think about Job. I think, you know, I think he might fall into this category, although he was, he was probably a hybrid of personality types. But remember when his wife said, why don't you just curse God and die? <laughs> I think for all of you faithful optimists out there, you're going to have to deal with all the rest of us that don't have your gift. And sometimes it is a lonely experience, which is why um, when I think about those of you that I love so much and appreciate so much at New Spring, what I've watched about you is you tend to develop very close relationships with the Lord. And I think it could be just the fact that you look around and, and don't see too many companions. So I just pray that this is a blessing to all of you today. And, you know, it's important for us to really thank God and to spend time with these people who are faithful optimists because we want what they have to rub off on us. One more, one more thing I would say to those of you who do have this profile. In, book, in the book of Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, the Bible says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. i got to throw one more thing in. Those of you who have this personality, you are, you're a faithful optimist. I want you to know that your testimony is very powerful. You know, you may say, well, I wish I was a disciplined thinker like Paul and I had all these answers for people. Trust me, people who are faithful optimists have oftentimes led, you know, people to Christ who were geniuses in the world. But it's the testimony of staying faithful during downtimes is so powerful. So your testimony is extremely valuable. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time that we've had today. Thank you that you've made us all different. I'm thinking about uh, Psalm 139, Lord. You've made us wonderfully complex. And uh, we do thank you so much for these faithful optimists and the way they encourage the rest of us. Bless them, I pray, and strengthen them. I pray for that person who's going through the seasons of downturn, who still has confidence in you, Lord. Please help them to hold on to that wonderful confidence. And we'll pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us on Noah's Window. I'll be back on Friday to give you one more of these spiritual profiles and finding yourself in the Word. One more time. Hey, Mary Alice and I would love to hear from you. Tell us who you see yourself in in the Bible, even if it takes two, three, or four characters and why you see yourself in that character type. And, and wait, there, there are way more character types that I'm getting into. So it could be one of the ones we're talking about. It could be a different one. So God bless you. And I'll be back tomorrow. I hope you have a wonderful day.